1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on
3: 1250 AM,
4: The Fan. My soul. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern again flying solo this week. Hoping to get Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church back in studio with me really soon. It's coming, and I know he's chomping at the bit, and uh, I get a chance to see him at least on Sundays, and he's doing a great job uh, preaching over at Brookside and looking forward to getting my co-host back. Our special guest today, and I have to thank our guest from last week, uh, Trevor Rubel from uh, Hooked for Life. After we got done and uh, he sent me a nice email, and he said, hey, here's a couple of other people that I know uh, that might be interested in doing a show like this, and I immediately reached out to a number of them, and uh, Mike Tyson is the, our guest today, and again, I want to thank Trevor for the Trevor for the introduction. Mike is a speaker, he's an author, he's a chaplain. He's got a lot going on, and I'm going to continue to uh, ask you to go to tyson.life, um, that's the website. Tyson.life, T-I-S-O-N dot life. And there's a lot of things to, to to listen, to see, to read on this website. And I have to tell you, um, I'm I'm excited about today's show because this guy is uh he's a storyteller, man. And when you get a storyteller on a show like this, it, it works really well. That means I don't have to talk nearly as much. And I know there's a number of people smiling and happy about that. Hey, Mike, how you doing today?
5: I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for thanks for having me.
4: Yeah, I really appreciate your time. I, I really do. Man, you're busy. You know, when I say speaker and author and chaplain and, and there's more that we're gonna talk about, but I'll tell you what, you uh doing some research on and you first of all you got a beautiful family and um when the when I'm reading on the bio and it says, Look, he 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 left the corporate world and he started a company and started a thing called Adventure Ministry that we're going to talk a little bit about. But, Mike, can we first and, and, and foremost start kind of where where you grew up and, and your background and, and a little bit about, you know, how you got to where you're at today?
5: Yeah, I uh, I grew up in a little town called Ortonville, Michigan, and um, my parents raised me, Um in the church and, uh, grew up in a a small Baptist church and, uh, just really had a lot of great teachers there and really a lot of people that really poured into me. And that's where I accepted Christ. And, and from that point on, you know, I just began to try to serve God the best I could through my high school years and, and through my college years. And then, then later in life, you know, I'm not, not perfect or anything, but, uh, just, you know, trying to seek after God the best that I can. And, uh, he's just been uh, a blessing and yeah, I'm busy and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's not as, um, special as it, as it sounds, you know, but just God's been giving me opportunity. And so I've been excited about that and, and, uh, yeah, but it's been, a, it's been a journey, right. And, you know, God loves to use our, our past to shape our future. And, and, uh, so yeah, I grew up in Michigan and, and uh, my my dad was a big uh, outdoorsman. We, he was always taking us fishing and hunting. and we'd go on uh, uh, camping trips. We'd go out west. And so we were always doing something outdoors. And uh, that really gave me kind of a, a a taste for the outdoors
4: hey mike, if 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 I went back to your high school teachers, and and said, hey, um, I want you to know that Mike Tyson is a published author of a number of books. What would they have said to me?
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I actually uh I actually use that in some of my messages. <laughs> um in high school I wasn't I wasn't an A student. Uh sometimes I wasn't even a B student. I typically was the kind of guy that if I could study at lunchtime for a test, um, I was happy with a C. And um, so I've ended up writing, uh, writing three books. Uh, God's given me a speaking ministry. And I had a high school teacher tell me that, Mike, don't worry about your speeches. Your speeches in high school are memorable, but for all the wrong reasons, right? <laughs> and uh, she says, don't worry, you're not going to be a public speaker. You don't have to worry about it. I had an English teacher tell me, "Mike, don't worry about it. You're not going to write any books because you don't know where to put a comma." And uh, but it's just been funny how um, you know God uses our weaknesses to to glorify Him, and so that's kind of the you know the funny part about my my education and my call into ministry.
4: Hey, and and I'm interested in the process of, of of writing when when you sat down and said, okay, this is, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. Did, did it come easy for you, or was it was it um, a challenge?
5: I, I would say it was a big challenge. Um, you know, I never set out to be a speaker. I never set out to be a writer. Uh, when I had started the outdoor ministry, I started writing some curriculum and some devotion material and my pastor at the time uh, started reading it, and he said, "Man, this is really good." He says, "You need to write a book." And I said, "No, I'm not an author. I don't even know where to put commas and all that kind of stuff." And and uh, so I, I finally wrote one chapter for him, and I was basically hoping that he would say, "Oh, this is garbage. You're right. <laughs> you know, you know, pick up something else to do." And and uh, so when I did you know, naturally he said, oh, this is great. This is awesome. And so then that started me on the, the journey to write my first book, which was a little devotional book, uh, 60 Days, uh, through my adventure years uh, with the outdoor ministry. Uh, I had a lot of hunting, fishing, uh, whitewater rafting stories that went bad and so just a lot of crazy stories that I would basically put a devotion to. and um, And it took me... It took me many years to write that short devotional because I would get to the end of chapter one and then I'd go back and I'd re-edit everything. And um, and actually the the original concept that I set up, I didn't actually write it in that format. I ended up going, I kind of chickened out and, and kind of went into um, the de- short devotional short stories for my first book. And, uh, but yeah, once I realized, once I realized, you know, just know that your first draft is going to be terrible and then just go back and edit it and tweak it. And so finally, once I got over that fear and that process, I was actually able to do it. And then my, so that took years to write the first one. And then my second book, uh, reluctant misfits hope for the men God chooses. It took me about six months. Um, And so it's just kind of an interesting journey there too, as well. So if anybody's, Looking to write a book, right? Just, just be patient and uh, just work through the process.
4: Hey, when uh, and again, you can go to uh, Tyson dot life and and it's T I S O N and and you can buy either the ebook or the paperback on on the two that he has written: uh, "Seize the Adventure" and "Reluctant Misfits." Hope for the uh, hope for the men God chooses. Well, I love that title, by the way, because when you know. <laughs> Look, my my testimony. We don't need to hear it, again, and I talk about it a lot on, on this show, and I don't need to share it. But it it's not pretty, right? It, it's uh, it's one of these that gets a little bit embarrassing when I when I have to talk about it. But you know, certainly we'll do that um, if anybody asks, because there's there's people that probably out there listening that have str- are struggling right now with the stuff that I was struggling with that you know 20 years ago. And um, I, I just think that Reluctant Misfits, Hope for the Men that God Chooses is just a great title for a book. And I'm going to pick it up. I'm, I'm excited to to read it. You know, when when we talk about outdoor and we talk about fishing and hunting, Mike, they're, they're, I'm a city boy, man. All the way through and not comfortable in the woods, not comfortable on the lake. And uh, I think you and I are probably quite a bit different is there, do you enjoy hunting more than fishing or fishing more than hunting? If, if I said, look, you can only choose one, what would you choose?
5: Well, I definitely would choose hunting. Um, no disrespect to Trevor Rubel, um, and I appreciate him uh, sending my name out. I know he's doing great ministry, and uh, we kind of crossed paths back about 10 years ago or more. Uh, when we both were kind of starting our, our ministries together. And and uh, so, yeah, he loves fishing. And and my dad took me fishing all the time. But, you know, he would go up from sunup to sundown, and you'd be out there and you'd catch like three fish. And, you know, I'd, I'd get burned out on that. And so really now my passion has been bow hunting. And uh, so over the years, I've, I've done a lot of bow hunting, uh, gone out west elk hunting and, uh, love whitetail hunting here in Michigan. And, uh, and so really, yeah, bow, I think bow hunting would definitely be my
4: passion for sure. Wow. That, I think that takes, uh, that takes hunting to a whole new level and I've never tried it obviously, but I, I think, um, the people that, that love bow hunting, I, that's a, it's almost a little cult, right? That's a special group of people. I think Mike, that that would would make that decision if if I had to pick one, that's what my choice would be. And it's it's interesting because here in Wisconsin, you know, deer hunting is big. Mike, think about this. Our high school football state championship, and it's and it's a it is a rule. And the WIA that oversees high school athletics here in the state will not, it's a, it's a, it is a discussion stop if you bring this up. They have to, the state high school football state championship has to be played before deer hunting starts. Oh, and amen. and amen. well, there you go. And I talked to the guys at the WIA and I said, look, I don't really understand. And they said, Mike, you live in the city of Milwaukee, go up North. Kids would choose to go to deer hunting opening day and miss a state championship. And, and, and the, our fans there, there's so many people up in the state that wouldn't come to Madison to, you know, watch a high school uh, football, the state championship, even if their kid was playing, if they had a missed opening day for deer hunting. And then I started talking to coaches around the state of Wisconsin, and I would kind of giggle at that, and they were like, hey, man, you're a city boy. They're right. Like, half of our town would not go to a state championship game if if it if it was during deer hunting season. And so it caught me off a little bit guard-like. Like, I... I you know, sometimes you got to open up your thought process, right? I mean, just because I think it's silly, there's a lot of people that that would be like, I, I'm not going. I'm not missing opening day. Hey, what, um, and I'll probably ask well, you throughout, throughout the show, but I'd sure like to know either the best, and we've only got about a minute and a half before we got to get to a break, but either the best hunting story you have or the one that you missed and you can't believe you missed. What, like when you think about that, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
5: Well, the, the story that I tell with my speaking ministry, I, I travel the country, I speak at a lot of church wall game dinners and, um, I ended up shooting a big eight point buck and, um, I only had two arrows with me and it ended up taking me four shots to get it. And so it was kind of a comical, funny story that I, that I tell. And, um you know, but that's, that's why we love hunting. You know, it's not, uh, you know, there's the being out in God's creation, the thrill of the hunt and, you know, just having that opportunity to, you know, to bag a trophy whitetail buck. But, um, it's, it's, it's part of the journey is part of the process sitting up there in the tree stand, freezing and, and, uh, being patient and waiting and just being out in the stillness of the woods. And, uh, you know, being able to reflect with God and meditate, and there's just so many blessings to it, um, but there are a lot of challenges, and it's not easy, because you got to get those deer to come in close, and and man, I, I truly appreciate the the football players in Wisconsin, because I know you guys have some really good bucks up there, and I'd love to come up there and, and shoot one of those big bucks, but, um, but yeah, man, I appreciate that, and the passion they have for deer hunting, because it It really is uh, refreshing to the soul in so many ways.
4: Hey, um, last thing, when I was on the website and reading what uh, some of the other people have said about um, some of your books, one name completely jumped off the page to me, and uh, that's Tom Roy, founder and president of of UPI. He has been such a godsend to this show. Mike, I I can't tell you, when, when we were struggling to find guests back early on, I was emceeing an event out in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and at the end, a guy came up to me and said, hey, do you take um, requests or recommendations for that faith-based show you do? I said, you bet I do. He said, look up Tom Roy. He grew up here in Grafton, Wisconsin. He played baseball with the San Francisco Giants, and he's doing something that you might want to reach out to him. And the next day, I reached out to Tom, and do you know that, Mike, he has become just one of my best friends? and I think oh, the fun. world of, of him, and he's doing really well, and uh, I get a chance to talk to him quite a bit. So that's the name that jumped off the page at me. Guys, when when you get a chance, go to Tyson, T-I-S-O-N, dot life, and take a look at all the different ways that y- you might be able to utilize, Mike, and, and for the churches here, take a look at, at, at what Mike does, and maybe during deer hunting, we want to bring him in, and get him to speak, and then, you know, get him up in, in the northern Wisconsin to, to do a little deer hunt, and that would be awesome. Again, it's Tyson.life, tiso Life. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to ask Mike to share his testimony with us. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on
3: 1250 AM, The Fan.
4: tell Welcome back Everything to Faith in, in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern. Our special guest is Mike Tyson. Hey, by the way, Mike, you must get a lot of smack about that name
5: oh yeah it's um it's it's pretty common,
4: and if I don't, I'm actually kind of
5: disappointed, you know, and I was actually probably wondering, you know, with all your listeners and stuff when they heard Mike Tyson was coming on. I wonder how many were disappointed, you know
4: well, in the promo, I said, uh, this week's guest on Faith and Zone is Mike Tyson. No, not that Mike Tyson, and then said speaker, author, chaplain, Mike Tyson, and so I, you know, I, I, I've got a feeling that that you don't throw like a hook as hard as Mike Tyson did, right?
5: No, and um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm tempted to bite ears though. You know, I mean, I we just, <laughs> yeah, we, we we get a lot of I, I get a lot of jokes, and in, in fact, it was funny one time um, when I was younger and Mike Tyson was in the news and he was winning championships and and different things like that. And I saw this uh, cute short white girl over on the other side of church. And I thought, you know, what? I'm going to go up and introduce myself to her. And so I rolled up to her and I said, Hey, my name is Mike Tyson. And she's like, yeah, right. And I'm Whitney Houston. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> so I always get a lot of <laughs> smack talk or people think I'm a smart aleck, or, you know, it's just, it's just part of it. But, I like it because uh, people remember me. Otherwise, uh, nobody would care about who I am.
4: Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I love it. And, and again, Tyson.life, it's T-I-S-O-N.life. And, and I'm just going to read um, one quote on his website from a guy from Rock Community Church. And I really like what he said. You know a speaker hits the hearts and minds of the audience when days later they're still talking about the impact the message had on them and uh, Kenneth Bowery was talking about our guest, Mike Tyson. Hey, Mike, second segment of Faith in the Zone, we always ask our guests to share their testimony. Everybody's got a different story, and it just is the— I think our listeners, this is the their favorite segment, is segment two, and if we can, if you could share your testimony with us.
5: Sure, absolutely. Um, mine is— you know, like I said in the first segment, um, you know, I was saved at a young age and been a part of the church for a long time and and uh, been serving, you know, done everything from nursery to filling the pulpit and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was probably in my early 30s at the time I was in the corporate world and uh, doing a lot of computer consulting and and had a moment there where I really let my my safeguards down. And, um, and, and so as I was going through that, um, part of the process, um, sorry, my, I think my phone's breaking up a little bit.
4: Now you sound great here.
5: Okay. I'm sorry about that. So I'm, so I'm in the corporate world and I, I kind of let my safeguards down a little bit. And, um, so I started to stumble spiritually and I was kind of headed down a, a bad path and, and uh, fortunately, God saved me from myself and uh, really worked in through me. And and uh, so after I got through that process and uh, confessed what I needed to confess, and I, I really got thinking about it after I had healing and after, you know, God had kind of redeemed me through that a little bit and and kind of was back on track again. I got thinking, I'm like, man, if someone like me has been in the church and is flipping through the cracks like this. How many more men are doing this and that's when uh, God started to work in my heart uh, this men's ministry idea, and we were taking uh, guys out I was taking guys out hiking um, in our local area we'd do a night hike uh, we'd hike for about an hour, climb up to the top of this big hill, and then we'd do do a devotion up there and I started finding out that man, men were starting to share in ways that I had never seen them share before uh, in church. But when we had them out there, out at midnight, um, up on that hill, the moon was out, or whether we were in a downpour, they were sharing things. And I would write up a devotional, and a lot of times I'd have to put it in my back pocket because the Holy Spirit was moving in a different way. And and, uh, so that led me to start an outdoor adventure ministry, and it was called His to Overcome Adventure Ministries. And we would take men uh, hiking the Grand Canyon, whitewater rafting, uh, splunking, tubing, uh, hiking, just any kind of outdoor adventure. And basically, we had a a focus to develop uh, men and to share the gospel and to help them grow in their faith and Help them to not slip through the cracks. And so I did that ministry for uh, about seven years, really strong, and then maybe about 10 as it kind of slowed down a little bit. The Michigan economy kind of hurt some things a little bit. But through that process, um, around the same time I started the outdoor adventure ministry, I ended up shooting that buck that I talked about. And I really wanted to get that deer mounted. And, uh, but I didn't have any money cause I just left the corporate world, started this outdoor ministry. And so I call up this taxidermist and I'm like, Hey, you know, I shot this really nice buck. I'd love to get it mounted, but I've got no money. Can, can you put it at the end of the list? And I just pay you like five bucks a month. And, uh, whenever it gets done, it gets done. And he's like, well, tell me more about this outdoor ministry. And so I did. And, and, uh, so he's like, after 10 minutes, he's like, okay, Mike, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to mount the deer for free. All I ask is that you come to our church wild game dinner and give a five-minute testimony. I'm like, man, five-minute testimony for a deer mount? You know, what a deal, right? And uh, so I've convinced myself, because remember, I was never going to be a public speaker. Excuse me. And uh, I was never going to be a public speaker. And but this is how God works. And so I'm on my way to this church. I've convinced myself it's going to be a small church. There's going to be 50 people there. Everybody's going to be over the age of 80. And uh, no matter what I say, they're going to love on me. And It's just going to be a great time. So as I'm driving over there, it turns out it's a huge church. There's 400 men at this event. And I come and the taxidermist comes out and he hands me the, uh, the agenda for the evening and I'm looking down and I'm listed as the keynote speaker. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Pat, I thought you just said a five minute testimony. And he says, yeah, I know. I, I just told you that. Cause I knew you wouldn't come. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I said, dude, I've got no message. And, uh, so I go in there and I'm just sweating bullets. The meal went really long. They had a DNR speaker that went kind of long and was kind of dry. And they went into like 45 minutes of prize drawings, and that was getting kind of boring. And and after the last prize was drawn, you could hear 400 metal chairs scoop backwards <laughs> because everybody was wanting out of there. Uh, the MC runs up on stage. Hold on, hold on. We still have our keynote speaker, and you could hear everybody in the room go. Ah. <sighs> And so, so now I've got no message. I've got a hostile crowd, and uh, that is how my speaking ministry was born. <laughs> I, that and, is hysterical. Uh, yeah, and so, so through through all of that, a life verse for me has been Proverbs sixteen nine, which basically says, paraphrase: In his heart, man plans his course, but the Lord establishes his steps. Amen. And so when, so when I started that outdoor ministry and then when God called me into the speaking ministry, um, you know, I never set out to do it. I didn't know what the plan was. And, and I thought, well, maybe in five years, he might call me to be a pastor or something. And through these next 10 years or so, I had gotten ordained I had gotten a Master's in Theological Studies from Liberty University, and I was thinking that God was preparing me for um, for being a pastor. And uh, But every time I tried to pursue that route, he would close the door. And he kept me in areas—I um, ended up being a chaplain for the Detroit Thunder, which was a professional indoor arena football team. I uh, was chaplain for them for about a year, and then the league folded so I couldn't do that anymore and um and so then I I uh, googled on um I google chaplin and the fellowship of Christian athletes popped up and and so I started exploring them and I almost came on staff with them um but God's timing wasn't there and so then fast forward 10 years after that um God had, has used me with my speaking ministry, with all kinds of sports ministries and coaching and all of this stuff, and it was basically preparing me for what I'm currently doing now. And um, when COVID hit, my speaking ministry kind of dried up like everything did, right? And, and I started getting this feeling in my heart like, all right, college campus ministry. And I wasn't sure how that looked. And so I started pursuing college coaching positions because I'm a varsity softball coach. And so I thought, oh man, if I could get 25 athletes, I could coach them. I could take them on a mission trip. I could pour into them that way. And, uh, but then God gave me some opportunities that looked like it was going to be a done deal, but then he would close it at the last minute. And I think that was his way of showing me that, hey. I could give you this college coaching position if that's what I wanted, but I've got something else for you. And a month and a half later, I get a phone call from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and they're like, we need you to be the chaplain for Oakland University, Rochester University, and Lawrence Tech University, three universities in Oakland County, Michigan. And uh, God was saying, instead of 25 athletes, how about I give you 2,500 athletes? Uh, three universities and a hundred plus coaches to work with, and um and so that's kind of where where I'm at now. It's kind of the quick version. Um, hey, hey, but got, hey guys, it's been, a, speaking, been a
4: process. Hey, speaking of of um, FCA, if if you're feeling led to, to to support Mike in in what he does with FCA and and the work he's doing at Oakland University, Rochester University, and Lawrence Tech. Google um, FCA Mike Tyson and it's my.fca.org um, and there there's a page and and Mike and I didn't have this conversation but look I I, I I have so much respect for people that work with FCA and how hard it is at times to get um, to get the support that you need um, look if you're a guy that loves hunting and fishing or more hunting and especially bow hunting um, take a look at Mike's page on on FCA. And uh, even if it's a one-time donation or if it's a monthly donation that you can help support him, I would highly recommend you do that. And uh, he, he definitely could, could use that that help. And I love the fact that, you know, one door closed and all of a sudden now you're working at three universities and, and there's so many more student athletes that you get a chance to deal with and talk to and, and, and just kind of look, as you know, at that time of their life, You know, when they're in in college, it's a hard time to walk worthy, man. It's a really difficult time to walk worthy. And if Mike's on campus and he's able to help these kids, let's see if we can help him a little bit. Mike, I love the story about, you know, you go to to give this, your first speaking engagement. And I can tell you the first time I was asked through Faith in the Zone to go, um, there was way more men there than I thought. And when I got done – the pastor came up to say hey nice job i said lose my number i'm never doing that again that was really embarrassing cuz i look i'm 100% irish and to talk about my background and 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 what i was doing back then and he started laughing and he said you know uh, mike on your show you say some of these guys you have on the worst thing they ever do is steal a candy bar and i go yeah he goes that's me you're talking about me he goes there's 50 guys out here in this audience, that are struggling with the same thing that you struggled with, and they won't talk to me about it, but they'll talk to you. Yeah. I go, quit talking to me. Honestly, I never want to talk to you again. Lose my number. Get me out of here. And he just started laughing. He said, Mike, you see that line? These are the people that want to talk to you. Go go talk to them. And I, you know what? And then he, we had Don Beebe, a former receiver with the Packers and the Bills on, and he told a story about he was a roomie with Frank Wright. And Frank said, "Hey, get your coat on. We got somewhere to go." He goes, "Where are we going?" He said, "We're going to go to this church. Or we're going to talk to this youth group." And Don Beebe said, "Look, I don't. I don't get up in front of talking to people. I don't. I don't do that. I'm not comfortable with that." And Frank Gregg said, "You think this is about you?" And he goes, "What?" He goes, "This isn't about you. Get your coat. Let's go." And he said, "I've never said no since because even though I might be uncomfortable." this isn't about me. And I just think that's really, I'll tell you how, Hey, by the way, did the, did the guy, did, did, did you mount the, uh, the buck? Does it look good?
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, it's actually at a taxidermist right now getting fixed and prepared or, um, uh, not prepared, but, uh, refurbished, so to speak. Cause I've been dragging it around in my car for the last, uh, 18 years um, at speaking events and things like that, and the antlers are getting a little, little wonky, and uh, so it's it's actually being fixed and stuff right now. But uh, yeah, it turned out great, and and it, it truly was a huge, huge blessing, you know. And, and and I love your story that you these last couple ones you just told because you know I want the audience to know that you know all of us, regardless of you know, our resumes can, can sound impressive and all this kind of stuff. I'm just the dude from Goodrich. You know, I put my pants on the same way everybody else does. I, I struggle, have the same temptations and, and issues that men deal with. And, um, you know, I'm working with these college athletes and it's just been amazing to see how they, um, you know, are trying to, trying to live the life too and they're struggling and, And, uh, but I just love how God uses weak men, reluctant men to do great things for him. And so that's why my book, that's why I wrote it, not to be a bestseller or anything, because it's not. I just, I sell a few books at my speaking engagement. Um, you know, so it's not about, it's not about that, but it's just about letting people know that God uses you. You know, you get your sins taken care of, confess them. Uh, regardless of your past, God can use that to shape your future. And, you know, I just think that, you know, Satan gets in there and he messes with us and, and uh, wants us to feel guilty and um, to feel that shame and and to be not productive for God. 100%. And God's like, hey, you know, I I've used Moses. Moses told God no three or four times. He used King David in amazing ways, and King David committed adultery and, and, and murder. And, and you know, just all of these different Bible characters that had sin in their life or were reluctant, or were young, or were like Jonah, who fled, and you know just all these different um, people in the Bible who were just weak, reluctant men, but they loved God, they, had, they were chasing after God. And God used them in, in big ways, and and I think He can use us nowadays in that way. And I I feel like with my 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 ministry that He used a guy who can't really write well, can't speak well. Um, I'm not the most dynamic speaker or whatever, but God has given me a ministry, and He's given me some stories, some crazy stories to tell, well, and, and uh, you know, in what? the gospel and hey, things like that. That's and a so, great
4: segue, Mike. I just Mike. want people that. Oh, I'm sorry. We got to get to a break, but that's a great segue because we're going to ask him to share uh, the four arrow buck story. Because I've done a little bit of reading on it, and it is—it's really funny, guys. If if you're looking for a speaker for you know a wild game dinner or a sportsman's banquet, um, that kind of outdoor-related r- event, uh, please. You know, do yourself a favor. Tyson. Dot life is where you're going to want to go. T i s o n. Let's get him to the state of Wisconsin, and uh, I trust me, if you book him, I'll be there. I'll buy the ticket to be in the front row for that. This is faith in the zone on 12:50 a.m. The fan.
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shane and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fame.
3: I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody
4: who saved my soul. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. AM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, man, I'm having fun today. I'm a big fan of Mike Tyson. He is a speaker, and author, and a chaplain. And and I can see why when he gets a chance to go out and speak, that that people are still talking about it a week later. I I just uh, I would love to be able to to bring him into the state of Wisconsin, um and and if that happens, please let me know because I'll come to that event. Hey Mike, uh, we've only got a, a few minutes left. In fact, in this segment, in the short fourth segment, but you had talked about the four arrow buck, and, and you've actually got a T-shirt on on your website that I think is really cool. Can you talk? You had two arrows, and you you still ended up getting them, but you shot four arrows, and that's, so I'm trying to figure out how that happened. And I know there's a long story there. We got about five minutes in this segment. If if you can uh, if you can tell us that story.
5: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it basically was early November uh, in Michigan. You know, perfect fall day. Uh, no wind. The the You know, the leaves were crunchy. It just was, uh, the rut was in full gear. It just was the perfect conditions to bag a trophy whitetail buck here in Michigan. And man, any chance I can get out into the woods I was going to do it at that time. And I think that particular year I had I had spent about 30 days in the woods before I end up seeing this buck. And uh, so I'm up in my tree stand and I'm getting settled in. And and all of a sudden in the left, off to my left, I see this flash of white antlers coming through the trees. And I can tell it's a big bodied deer. And man, the first thing I thought of was how am I going to convince my wife that this deer mount would look great mounted over our bed (laughs) and, uh, you know, she, and, uh, obviously I, I lost that battle. It's down in the man cave, but, uh, um, but man, that's the way I was thinking. You know, I, I knew it was a, a monster eight point coming in and, and it comes in and I've got it at, uh, probably about 30 yards broadside. And, uh, I have this thing called buck fever. I don't know if you guys have it out in Wisconsin, but man, when you see a big buck, you start getting nervous and you start getting the shakes and, it makes the most intelligent intelligent men stupid, you know you start making dumb decisions and you're shaking, and this buck comes in, and I pull my bow back and trying to take a deep breath and I fire away, and all of a sudden it does this big old barrel roll, and it sticks in the mud right at its feet. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, you know I just missed the biggest buck in my life and and he jumps back and' cause he was uh, chasing after some dough and and uh, so he moves off to my right, and so I, I grab my second and last arrow, and I put it in. And I'm thinking, well, man, I must have just misjudged the yardage or something. And and so I pull back again, and I I raise my bow up a little bit, and I fire away, and I I miss just over top of his back. And now you know he he's still not scared because he's chasing after some doe because the rut's going on. He comes in even closer. I could have shot him another 10 more times, and then he continues off into the woods, and he gets behind me about 75, 80 yards in the woods, and I can still see him back there. And I get this idea, you know what? Maybe if I just climb down, I can find one of my arrows, and maybe he'll come back. And so sure enough, I do. I climb down. I'm cleaning off the mud off of the broadhead of this arrow, and I look up, and that buck is coming right back towards me. And, uh, he gets about 25, 30 yards away from me. And I lean down this little alley and I'm taking a big breath, you know, because I'm, I'm, I still got the shakes and, you know, he's a big boy for where I'm at. And, and, uh, I fire away my arrow and smack, I hit the middle of a sapling tree. And, uh, so my arrow's sitting there, you know, wiggling in the, in the tree and that boy still doesn't know I'm there. And he's obviously, uh, not worried about getting shot. Right. And I literally watch him for the next 20 minutes, build a scrape right by me. Um, then he starts rubbing on a tree and then I literally watch him walk off into the sunset. Oh. So now I go home, I go back home. I'm complaining to my wife, whining and crying about missing the biggest buck of my dreams. And, uh, you know, she's not as as excited as I am about it. And uh, so that was a little disappointing, but uh, so a week later, she kicks me out and I go hunting, but this time it was the worst conditions possible. It was like 40, 50 mile an hour winds. It had been raining for three or four days. And uh, you're up in that tree stand and the tree is just swaying. And you're thinking, man, I should get down. And, and while I was out there, I'm thinking there's, no way any deer are going to be coming or moving in this wind. And, and, uh, so I'm like, I was kind of like discouraged. And, and all of a sudden I saw that flash of antlers again, moving in (laughs) towards me and, uh, came right in and I ended up shooting them. Um, and I was able to harvest them. And, uh, but I, but I used that story, you know, to, to talk to people about, you know, what are they chasing? Because even under perfect conditions, everything can fall apart. And uh, under terrible conditions, if you're focused on the things that God has for us, you know, you can have victory and redemption. And and that's the kind of story that I, I kind of tell. I, I tell the story a little differently with a little more humor and a little more craziness to it. But I I try to pull that message in. And then that leads into my second story where I talk about being lost in the mountains of Colorado, came down with a serious case of food poisoning. Ended up shooting a bull elk. And then I talk about the five stages people go through when they're lost in the wilderness. And uh, and so it's it's just been a, a great presentation that I've been able to do over the years. And, and it all started by shooting that eight-point buck. And that taxidermist kind of tricking me into being a speaker. And, it's and that, that's how God works. And, and that's how, it, yeah, how I'll it's tell been you, going for I'll, the last... I'll tell you this,
4: I got to say thank you to Sarah, right, your wife. First of all, she's pretty smart to have that down in the man cave, but two to kick you out. The day she said, hey, just go, just go, and you got back. So, well, I clap. Well done, Sarah, for that. Tyson.life, T-I-S-O-N.life. He is Mike Tyson. We're going to get to a break. Very short last segment. Got a couple of quick questions for him. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. Only on
3: 1250 AM, the fan.
4: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I'm Mike McGivern. Man, this has been a great show for me. And again, you you know I'm not real comfortable as an outdoors kind of guy, but Mike Tyson makes it really entertaining, even for people like me. He's a speaker, an author, and a chaplain. Tyson.life is where you're going to want to go, Tyson.life. And uh, everything you need as far as what he does, um, how to get a hold of him, uh, the books that he is he has written, um, everything is right there. It's very it's just a great website, and his bio is there. A, a picture of, of him and his family. His family's older now. I just talked to him about his kids and and the picture he has on the website. Man, this is a really uh, just uh, cute kids and really nice looking family. Um, take a look at that website, Tyson.life. And and Mike, if uh, if somebody reaches out to you at at, at some of the, the the places here in the state of Wisconsin that would love to have you come in and MC or talk at their event, be the keynote speaker, um, you certainly would travel over to the state of Wisconsin, right?
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not a big Packer fan, but uh, obviously because I'm a Lions fan, suffering Lions fan. should say. <laughs> I, didn't but, yeah, yeah, spoken, spoken I didn't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Spoken a couple of times in uh, Wisconsin. So, yeah, I Good. I travel um I typically drive because I love to see the countryside and and uh you know just see what's new out there and uh, so yeah, I'd love to come to Wisconsin, shoot some big bucks, share the gospel, tell some funny stories and um yeah, just hang out with you guys. That'd be awesome.
4: Hey, if you uh, if you go to Tyson uh dot life, um you can there's a a few different ways you can get a hold of him. And in the second segment, we talked about that that he is part of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and again, if if there's a way to be able to support him and 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 his ministry, and this truly is ministry, and he's doing a great job with it, uh, if you go to FCA and and, and put support Mike Tyson, it, there's a page with a nice picture of Mike and a way for you to to help him continue in this ministry. Hey Mike, um, your kids are all of them involved in 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 uh, in fish or outdoor, I guess, activities. They they like to fish and like to hunt stuff like that.
5: Yeah, um, yeah, we actually. I have a our, our family dog is a poodle pointer, um, which is a duck retrieving dog and a pheasant pointing dog, and her name's Nala. And so, as a family, we will go pheasant hunting um, together. Uh, the boys like to bow hunt and stuff, but all of my kids have been um, like three-sport athletes.
4: That's awesome.
5: And so a lot of their high school years, uh, they haven't been able to get out in the woods as much as I would have liked um, because, you know, sports is always kind of in the way. But So we're a big sports family and outdoor. We love to camp and and do those things. So, yeah, they 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 do it as much as they can.
4: That's really good. Hey, Mike, I can't thank you enough for your time, and and I, I will, um, if it's okay with you, I would love to, to, to call you back in six months or so and have you on a second time because there's so much on the website and the books you've written that I have questions for that, that I wasn't able to get to today, but I'd love to, to have you come back on, and uh, I, I'm just going to hold the sheets that I have. Uh, for the next time you come on, and and to ask more questions about some of the things that you do, and and some of your thoughts, and and maybe talk a little bit about your more about your beliefs, and I, I again all of this is on his website, and uh, I would go to Tyson T I S O N dot life. Mike, thanks again, and, and and if it's okay with you, I'll reach back out in about six months.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good ministries happening um, at those universities with the fellowship of Christian athletes, and uh, yeah, I would I would love the opportunity. But thank you for having me on. I love what you're doing, and um, I love how God uses people in different spheres of influence. And um, so, yeah, it's been fun. And yes, reach out at any time
4: for sure. You got it. Thank you, Mike. Have a great uh, have a great Sunday. Have a good week, everybody. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 12 50 AM, The Fan.
3: I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.